I'm not just happy, I'm her pal. This is Power Up Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Gianna Lucas, co-founder and CEO at Hapal, the social enterprise that powers this podcast. We help you slay life in high school, uni and beyond. Each week on the show, you'll learn epic life skills in a super chill way. Hear from well-known legends as they reveal their biggest setbacks and milestones to date. And you'll find out what our Hapal squad think about a whole stack of topics too. From epic challenges to super raw moments, this show has it all. So let's power up life. thought about starting your own YouTube channel? If so, do you know what you'd love to post about and perhaps be even known for? There's loads to love when it comes to YouTube, including the fact that you can make a pretty decent career out of it. Best-selling author, entrepreneur and influencer Jessica Holzman has been uploading vids to YouTube for years and now in 2020 has a whopping 420,000 plus subscribers and over 40,000 followers on Instagram. Study with Jess is her main channel on YouTube and on there you'll find loads of helpful tips, strategies and resources when it comes to productivity and well-being, especially in relation to high school and uni. And she's absolutely the real deal. What you see is what you get on and offline when it comes to Jess. And so I'm stoked to have her on the show this week. In this episode, Jess and I chat about how she became Study With Jess, starting a YouTube channel and growing her following, particularly in the US, dealing with social expectations online, Jess in high school and the challenges she faced, particularly in year 12, launching her own businesses, including Educationary, how to collaborate with other people and brands, and how to prioritize your world so you can be more productive. Also, a little bit of a warning, you might hear what sounds like chipmunks towards the end of this episode. Let's just say this week's challenge is a little out of the box. (laughs) Enjoy. So let's power up life. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are very, very excited to have you because your story is incredible. And look, there's a lot of influencers out there. We know that, especially in Australia alone. And what sets you apart from so many is your heart, your authenticity on your socials in every single YouTube video you've put out there. And just before we went on air, I was telling you that I recently watched one of your miniseries in 2018 called Mindful. And if you haven't watched it, guys, you should because it is so, so so inspirational and once again you were so authentic sharing your own life your own struggles that you have with you fearing what people might think of you and I loved your vulnerability you're just incredible oh, thank you that web series is one of my favorite projects I've worked on as yet and it was really a turning point for my career where I wanted to be more authentic I wanted to let those walls come down I wanted to just show my viewers my audience nothing is perfect we're all perfectly imperfect and no I don't have my you know life all together always and yes I know what it feels like to have anxiety or have a panic attack or go through a breakup and I just wanted to be relatable so that they can connect and and that I can make a positive difference yeah and you definitely are but I want to go right back to the beginning how did you become 
study with Jess. Did you always have the intention or desire to set up a YouTube channel? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> when I was in high school, YouTube wasn't even a thing. Oh, sorry, it had just started, but it was really just where you would watch those like cat videos and little funny clips. Yeah. It was it was definitely not a career to be a YouTuber. I had never heard of it. I started watching YouTube maybe when I was around 23. 324 I started watching people like Bethany Motor and all those makeup tutorials because the beauty gurus really started up the platform and making that seem like you can actually turn it into a career but I I really didn't think I was going to be a YouTuber or an influencer and it was only when I was 24 I remember one evening sitting in the kitchen of my parents place with my boyfriend of the time who's now my beautiful husband Adam and I I really find it hard to explain, but there was just this wave of passion that came over me and I just felt this need to be a positive role model. And it's like the best way to describe it is I wanted to take people under my wings and I wanted to be there for them because I didn't have a role model like that when I was growing up. I didn't have someone to turn to and explain anxiety or relationships or pressure and being a perfectionist and of course, there are psychologists out there, but there was no one that I could relate to that was a similar yeah. age. Yeah. And so <laughs> that that evening, I thought of a name. I thought, you know what? Study with Jess. It's going to start off with like study tips. And obviously, over time, it, um, it definitely broadened with the content and it became more about mental health, productivity, wellness. Yeah, I just <laughs> the next day created the channel Study with Jess and a couple months later posted my first video which I actually, I YouTubed how to upload my first video onto YouTube. I didn't know what I was <laughs> doing. Thank goodness for YouTube, Thank hey? goodness for YouTube. It's taught me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's grown so much. And obviously, as we said at the start, you know, you have 445,000 YouTube subscribers across your three channels, but majority do follow Study With Jess because I think when I last checked, it was 420,000 or a little bit more, which is incredible. So I'd love to ask you, for one, how did you grow your following? Is there a formula? And also... The other part of this question I want to ask you is how do you navigate this world as an influencer, especially now because influencers like I reckon the word for 2020, I'm just putting it out there. How do you do all that? Oh, we got to break that down. <laughs> that is, that's a lot of stuff in there. So I think <laughs> yes. the first... It's a full-on question. It, it's full-on. My apologies. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's it's so important to talk about this. So the first, the first thing I'll address is how I actually grew the channel. Yeah. Um, is there a formula? Look, people like to say that there is a formula, but to be honest... Um, it isn't really 100% all about this just very straightforward plan that you can have as you start up a channel. There's there's a lot of things that go into it. Is there a formula? Definitely there is something that people talk about um, regularly, which is, you know, posting your videos um, at the same time every week, uh, being consistent, uh, you know, making sure that you've got a, a good description and your tags. But I think what helped me grow my channel was actually at the time there wasn't another channel out there like mine. So there were channels that once a year around that back to school period, they would post up a video around their back to school tips and like DIY school supplies. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun, but it would only last a couple of weeks really. Or so there was like would, a series type of It thing. was like a little mini series. It was, yeah. it was a trending topic and that was it. And then it would sort of drop off and you'd go back to the beauty and fashion and lifestyle <laughs> and other DIY videos that they would do throughout the year. So it wasn't really specific on one particular area. Exactly, exactly. So I, and then there were the videos that would talk very specifically about content you'd 
study in school. So like how to understand algebra. You know, it was very content specific. It wasn't <laughs> I broad wouldn't have enough. I would been watching that. No, Me and no. algebra do not go hand in hand. <laughs> and it was so dry. You know, you've got those lecturers that are like 50 years old. They're not relatable. Yeah. Not, well, not for youth anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe my dad. My dad's yeah. all over that stuff anyway. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I would watch these videos and I thought, well, can we create some kind of a hybrid here? Can we have, you know, the aesthetics of the fashion and lifestyle and DIY girls, but then also create videos that have this rich content that's going to make a positive impact. And we're going to talk about things that are not age specific, gender specific, but that are relatable to students and young adults in Australia, in India, in Singapore, in you know the United States, United Kingdom, wherever the rest of my audience happen to be. They're all over the place, which is amazing. Mars. Mars. <laughs> well, we haven't day. gone that far. Yeah, one day. Let's, let's say that one day. But yeah, I think that that was something that I was able to capitalize on, that I was doing something very different. I was filling a niche or a gap in the market. But then I really do think it comes down to the intention. People want something real and you yes. have to share a part of yourself. You have to let them in. And that's something that I really have tried to do over the, over the last few years. I wanted to give value. I didn't just want it to be, hey, here's me doing X, Y, Z, a normal vlog and day in the life. I wanted them to feel like there was a real exchange of value there. So I think that that definitely helped set me apart and it helped me grow my channel. And it wasn't something that happened overnight, though. Like, I remember and my parents... When did you start your channel? I started it in 2015. So how did your followers then grow from, obviously one or two to now 420,000. Has it sort of accelerated over the last couple of years as you've built up, you know, your content and people are getting to know you a lot more? Is that sort of how it's happened? Yeah. So the first six months it took, yeah, I think it took me about six months to gain 100,000 subscribers. Wow. Which is actually really quick when I think about it. I was very impatient because I compared myself to all the other creators online thinking, oh, I'm still really small. It's not good enough. I'd be pretty stoked with 100,000. Yeah. Yeah. Now now I'm really stoked. Now you're at 400, you're like, yeah, Yeah. mm -hmm." 100,000, whatever. (laughs) It was was so interesting because the first 100,000 took six months, the next 100,000 took half the time, and so it was growing exponentially. And I think it's also because you've got more content, more videos, you're you're gaining more traction faster. I guess people are recommending it to their friends, hey, check out Study With Jess and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, So there's a greater chance that more people will discover your content online. But then I also noticed, you know, what kind of videos are trending online and I would try and create content around those topics so when it came time to the middle of the year for the US they're going back to school so Mm -hmm. that's when I would roll out my back to school videos and have it very specifically targeting them because a lot of people were looking for that content and I definitely think that that made a difference I saw a big spike actually because I actually I think I posted my first video in March of 2015 and then in July I posted my back to school videos that I had a gut feeling I thought they were going to get more traction and I gained 18,000 subscribers overnight, which was crazy because wow. I think I was sitting at like 2,000 at the time. So I thought to myself, okay, so you know what? This, so they this does They would have all been work. American. They would have all been American. Yeah. yeah. And so for a while I saw a majority of my audience were from the US. Yeah. They still are, about 40% are, but now I see over time that I definitely have more Australian viewers and subscribers and followers. What is it because... Like, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly or not, but I feel like America set the trends and then Australia like, oh, we'll 
we'll do it too, you know. And so, so we're always late to the show. We're like, oh, let's let's get on to this. Oh, she's Australian. She's a nice, has an Aussie accent. How did I not get on to this sooner? I actually, yeah. I have to yeah. agree. And mind you, the Aussie accent, it it was working to my advantage because it, it was, again, making me different. And everyone's like, oh my God, who is this girl? And, yeah. you know, she sounds love different. Aussies, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Actually, a lot of them thought I was Canadian or English. Or, <laughs> like, and I'm thinking. I'm not speaking of ignorance here, but. <laughs> I sometimes can't tell the difference between a Canadian and American accent. So do they think they're very different to the Canadian accent? Is this me speaking out? I, I don't know. I've got friends who are Canadian and American and sometimes I'm like, where are you from again? Yeah. You can't tell them though. If you say to an American, you, are you Canadian? It's like, no, and vice versa. You can't. Yeah. I've got friends who are Canadian. If once When I met them for the first time, I'm like, you American? They're like, no. <laughs> no, and they take offence. Like, do. if you get it wrong, yeah. they take offence. It's like if someone says to me, oh, are you Kiwi, if they don't understand the Australian accent? I'm like, yeah, no, but <laughs> Kiwis are cool, man, you know. Anyway. Like, thanks, but no, so, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So tell us a little bit, how do you navigate this world as an influencer, especially in 2020? Well, from what I see online, sometimes there's a lot of pressures, and I do listen to a few podcasts, and I read a lot about it, and I love hearing stories about influencers opening up about their life as an influencer and what it means because sometimes there is a lot of judgment that comes your way that you have to always be this type of person and if you stray from that then you're fake or you should it's almost this expectation you've got to be something for someone else and not entirely yourself because people have this perception and this persona of you and they just expect you to be that how do you navigate through all of that because I know from what I see you are very authentic but I can imagine there still be challenges Mm, yeah, it's it's definitely something that was quite tricky at the beginning. Um, I remember getting a comment that they thought I was fake and I was like, oh, of all the things someone could say to me, that was the most hurtful because oh, I yeah. thought, you know what, I'm not fake. But I really took some time and I thought to myself, am I being as honest and open as I could be? And on top of that, if we go back to what we were just discussing about how you actually grow a channel, you know, you've got to be posting regularly. And if you are posting a video a week or even three videos a week for five years, six years, seven years to keep this momentum and keep creating content, eventually you're going to get sick of creating the fluff. You're going to want for your own peace of mind and your own passion to keep that fire going, to feel like you are making a positive difference. And at some point, I guarantee you're just going to say, it's enough. I actually don't care. I don't care if my makeup is perfect. I don't care if I have a perfect film set. I don't care about what's trending on the internet right now I need to make this because otherwise I'm not going to continue it's not sustainable if you're not authentic I don't think it's sustainable I think mm-hmm. it's definitely are smart right they see they right are. through it they can yeah. absolutely see through it and you know even when I was creating the documentary mindful we had a focus group watch a couple of my videos and some of them actually picked out some of the videos that they thought, oh, is that really real? Is that your morning routine? Do you really do that? Why is nothing (laughs) written in your stationery? Is your diary that organized? And that's when I realized, okay, I have to hold myself to a higher standard and I need to start being more honest because if I am honest and I embrace my authentic self, it's not only empowering for me, I'm actually going to be of more assistance to my audience. 100%. Yep. Yep incredible and I know that you released a book once you are a best-selling author for and it's the high school survival guide can you tell me a little bit about your experience when you were in high school was it amazing I was did you have did you go through ups and downs like every other teenager at school definitely remember high school being a positive experience overall. I had great friends I wasn't the popular kid but I felt like I was popular enough I had a really good 
friendship circle. There wasn't a lot of drama amongst my friends. But by the time I got to year 12, so studying VCA. Um, or HSE. Or HSE, yep. I think I, they call it HSE across Australia now. Oh, is it? It's yeah, changed. Yeah, I okay. think so. Got to get up with yep. the times nah, now. Everyone's yep. shaking. No, nah, we, we don't I know. <laughs> same, same. Year, year 12 <laughs> studies. We'll go with that just to be safe. But I, I put more than enough pressure on myself that I, yeah, my parents were super supportive. I remember them always saying, as long as you do your best, I took that to mean you have to do your best. So what is your best? Your best is when you no longer can go anymore, when you get to breaking point. And that is definitely not what they meant, but Mm -hmm. that's just how I internalized. I was like, I've got to do my best so that I can be proud of what I've done. And I, I put way too much pressure on myself. I'm guessing you're a bit of a perfectionist. Honey, even my blood type <laughs> is a positive. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That was a great joke. Yeah, but yeah. a Canadian. I should have added that to your bio at the start. My apologies oh, for that. Yeah, so you are a bit of a perfectionist, which yeah. I guess when yeah. you are a perfectionist, sometimes you take what people say to the extreme. So if someone says to you, even if you're fake, you're like, I'm not fake. I'm mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. you uphold yourself to a very high standard and if people don't interpret it as a high standard that can get very overwhelming yeah and I guess difficult to receive because you take it on as feedback or criticism yeah mm, absolutely and I think you know I did really well in my studies for year 12 but I think it was in spite of all of the stress and I don't think I needed to stress that much I don't think I needed to put so much pressure on myself if anything maybe I could have done actually a little bit better if I didn't really feel like I had to do my absolute best because you know this is how I'm setting myself up for my entire life and if I don't get this end of score I can't do this degree and then I can't do my master's and then I can't get this job and then I can't earn this much money and literally this was the internal dialogue I had going on at 17 18 years old which is crazy because you're looking into the future and I think I feel especially someone I would also call myself at times a perfectionist too and I think perfectionism is directly related to being a futurist looking mm. into the future because you're you're trying to perfect what you have in front of you and you're also trying to line up the perfect future for yourself which also is unrealistic because none of us knows what the future holds and it's about I guess understanding that and working through that and being kind to yourself am I right? Absolutely I like that you put it that way because I never thought about it that way but I do think that I was trying to control everything I think it was out of fear of not knowing what my life would otherwise be I needed this sense of control I needed to feel like the future was not this great unknown, even though everything is always changing Mm -hmm. and you have to embrace unknowns and a lot of amazing things can come from that. And you know what? I had a 10 year plan. (laughs) I was working towards it. I, you know, I got into that degree. I had that end of score. I got that scholarship. And then one day things just change and you might have an idea to start a stationary line or a YouTube channel and you're passion changes your perspective on life and your priorities change and I had to create space for that to actually enter my life so I had to stop being such a perfectionist and stop being so controlling because I'm not into 10-year plans anymore I think it's great to have goals but when you are so specific with how your life has to look and you put all that pressure onto you and you say I've got to be the maker of my future it's Mm. all in my hands oh my goodness I would just be (laughs) on the floor (laughs) you know I've I've got to surrender to something higher than me and I've got to Mm. be able to lean on other people as well yeah, otherwise it's so much pressure. You feel the weight on your shoulders literally and you mm-hmm. just go, I'm just going to go lie down. As you said, <laughs> talk to me in 10 years. Bye-bye. 
Now, on your stationery line, it's called Educationery yes. and it helps people who are studying. But you also have another business which you launched in 2019 called Self Love Gift Boxes. How did you go about starting these businesses? They're both very, very different. And I guess the other question I wanted to ask you is, what advice would you give to somebody who's listening, who's like, you know, I'd love to start a side hustle or I'd love to start a business one day. What advice would you give to them based on what you've learned being in business so far, having two businesses especially? Yeah. Okay. So with Educationary, um, that happened because I was scrolling through Instagram one night. Um, I was on holidays. What year was this, This was in 2004. 14 so at the, the very end no no the year before I, the very end of 2014 before I started my YouTube channel okay so yeah. you had the thought beforehand before yeah. the YouTube channel yeah oh, that's a bit of a fun fact so I going? yeah so I was <laughs> I was sitting in bed scrolling through Instagram and I found this brand I don't even know what it's called but they were giant coloring posters and I thought oh my goodness this is so Hang on, cool. what do you mean like as in Big posters you're colouring with textures, like kids' yeah, colouring books? like huge sheets of butcher paper with these templates on it and you stick it on your wall like and it's Mandela's? for kids. Yeah, but huge. Okay. Huge. And oh, I never heard it of it. It could be for adults, it could be for kids. I think it's actually intended for children. Yeah, that's right. It was intended and for Jess. children. And Jess. <laughs> but I don't know what... Something, something happened and it was weird. Something happened and it was like this realisation that... I had shut off a huge part of myself. I had denied my creativity for the last four years while I was studying psychology. I So I used to dance a lot when I was younger. I used to go to drama class. I used to do art class. Um, I was really creative. And then I just think I lost that balance in my life. I didn't prioritize it. I thought if I'm not pursuing it professionally, why should I be creative? What's the point? Mm. And it's so important for your mental health. And I yep. think because I was deprived of creativity for so long, I just got so excited, like elated about doing something creative. And I thought, I want to do something like that, but not exactly that. Like, how can I put my own flair on it? And from there, over a couple of months, the idea formed for this educational stationery line. A lot of late nights of sketching. I was sketching to like three in the morning. I'm not joking. My dad's a GP. I asked him if I could get a blood test because I thought I was manic. I thought <laughs> something was wrong. And you know what? That, but that's like, it's sad, but it's hilarious because... Obviously, I was just so excited about Ooh. life that I was so energized. You were powering up life. <gasps> oh my gosh, was Went I there. ever? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> That's incredible. So keep going, keep going. Yeah, so, so that was how the idea um, happened. But then there was a lot of sketching. And then I found a beautiful graphic designer, um, Zoe Ingram. I found her online. She's actually based in Adelaide. So we would Skype and she, I sent her over all of the templates and she turned them into these ready-to-print PDFs. That's I it. found a print broker through word of mouth. And What's a print broker? Is that like a, a printing broker? So he's Press the guy, yeah. good old Theo. He's the guy that you, Theo, send, <laughs> you send all of your documents to. Yeah. He'll send you some different kinds of paper stock. So like, you know, do you want it recycled? Do you want it this white? Do you want thicker stock? Do you want thinner mm-hmm. paper? And then you choose your paper and you send him the documents. He then gets it all printed up for you. He oversees the whole manufacturing process and voila, you have stationery. So in the meantime... Sounds incredible. It's like... Yeah. So this broker guy, it sounds like he's the in-between man between you and the printer. Yes. yes. So he obviously has an, an acumen and understanding of what printing needs to... Well, what yes. documents need to look like for print and you just go, love it. 
Exactly. <laughs> Is it a bit like fashion designers? Like I've got a couple of friends who are fashion designers mm. and or some of my friends have also been influencers that have created a special line for a brand. Mm-hmm. So I guess they have the concept. They've got the idea of what they want. They don't actually have the full understanding of how it, how to all put it together. So then they go to someone like... This broker dude, what's exactly. his name? Theo. Theo, I was going to say Sal, don't yeah. know where that came from. Theo. And then he does all the rest, is that right? Exactly. So in the meantime, while that was all getting made, I was YouTubing how to design my own website on Big Commerce because you've got to have a website. And I, yeah, People I just designed- buy the stuff. I mean, that'd yeah. be a good idea. Exactly. Especially if you're not in store. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do it all online because then it's just a lot a lot cheaper. I just mm. thought, you know what, I don't actually want to rent a space. I want to keep it all online. 100%. You're thinking ahead. Yeah, exactly. Because of course now, as we know, retail is struggling, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in Australia and many other countries because of online purchases. Yeah. And I wanted a business that gives me that flexibility that I can work from home, that I can expand, that I can employ people. So yeah, so I was designing the website and um, learning about, you know, email marketing, like MailChimp and um, you what know, year all was that this stuff. Again? This was in 20, well, now we'd be in 2015 by the That's time incredible. production started. Because like MailChimp, like I use MailChimp, but I mean, I got onto it in the last year or so. It's just amazing mm. that, you know, you've been, you've learned all these things at the cusp, I guess, of when it was about to become something massive. So yeah. you've been a real trailblazer, which is wonderful for you in your career path as you've continued to grow. It was right at the time where you could either go and pay a web designer like $5,000 to do your website and MailChimp (laughs) newsletters, or you now can utilize YouTube and Google and figure Mm. it out yourself if you've got the time. Yeah. And I definitely had the drive and the motivation. So I'm really, you know, all up for teaching myself new things. I love being an independent learner. So that was definitely something that played in my advantage. That was Mm. a strength of mine. But yeah, that was, that was really the process of setting up education rate and self-love club that's actually gift boxes right that people can receive to then feel empowered to practice more self-love and self-care on a regular basis so that's a bit different again because it's a product that you are working with with other people because the box is filled with products from other businesses so it's any advice that you can give to people that are wanting to set up their own business potentially Mm -hmm. something that is to do with like a subscription-based model or wanting to, to collaborate with other businesses how can they best go about it moving forward. So I think when it comes to working with anyone, whether you need a graphic designer, a web designer, a photographer, a videographer, an editor, or you're looking at stocking other people's products in your gift boxes or in your online store, I always put it down to are these people reliable and do their values align with mine? And if so, things just work so smoothly. Like I, so I spent maybe three weeks looking at different brands that I really liked their chocolate or their tea or, um, you know, their essential oil rollers and a lot of the other products in the gift boxes I actually make. So um, those intentional, yeah, the intentional um, exercises like the love letter to yourself. I didn't know that. The planting seeds activity. Yeah, that was all, that was all me, little creative busy bee over there. Um, (laughs) The A plus student. The A plus student. (laughs) Yep. But, you know, I I actually just reached out to the one tea brand, Made mm-hmm. Tea, um, Loco Love Chocolate, all of these different brands I, I had a genuine connection to. I had tried their products before. I sent them an email. I said, do you sell wholesale? If so, do you have minimum orders? Right. Within a day, each brand got back to me and said, yep, no worries. Wow. Our minimum order is like 10 units. It was nothing. Like I barely hold stock, mm-hmm. which is so good because my startup costs were so small, like under $3,000 to start self-love club gift boxes. That's because incredible. I was thinking, okay, how can I create something that's meaningful, but that isn't going 
having to really weigh me down now yeah. that I'm running multiple businesses as That's well. That's right. There's all because you're you're juggling a lot. Yeah. Which would probably be my last question. How do you juggle everything that you do? Because you do a lot. And on top of that, you do get invited to speak mm. at different conferences and you appear on shows like this. So how do you manage that? With also having to upload lots of uh, content on YouTube and also on your social platforms as well. With social media, I do everything in bulk. So that's my tip. If anyone has a YouTube channel, film in bulk. I will usually film three videos in one go and then edit them, even four sometimes. Um, And then you can just schedule everything. So I just have a little note in my diary. Every Tuesday morning, your video's gone up on YouTube. So make sure to reply to comments and like see what the uh, response has been to that video. Yeah, because you get like, I've seen on some of your videos, you're getting thousands of comments. I don't reply to thousands anymore. (laughs) That's a full-time job. You always need someone just to go, thank you for your comment. (laughs) XX, XOXO, whatever it might be. XOXO, Jess. I spend I spend about an hour on Tuesday mornings replying to comments and like sharing it across social media. Yeah. Uh, but social media has been quite manageable when it's that sort of stuff. And then even photos, like if I've got something happening, I'll take content then and there. And it's, you know, it's very organic. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you can do photos in advance. You can take a bunch of photos. I think that you've done this as well. Yeah, I got my photographer from you. Oh, that's right. Yes. Good old Soph. So yeah. There you go. So it always helps, especially if you do. I agree. If you have professional photography, it makes it a lot easier. And I think because it's good to have, especially with Instagram, in the mm-hmm. gallery, at least consistency yes. in your photography because it's a visual platform. Exactly. Exactly. And then my Instagram stories are where, you know, it's just me. I haven't showered. I've come back from yoga. I don't <laughs> care. I just really need to let you know this or I want to share this quote or you know have got a new video up Um, so social media it's quite manageable so I'm really thankful for that as far as the businesses go educationary and self-love club gift boxes I set aside time every second day at the end of my day around like quarter to five to pack orders so whatever comes through that's when I send it off Mm -hmm. because I like I like the idea of finishing my day Um, doing something that shows my accomplishments like hey look I'm really proud Mm -hmm. of this and I'm sending something off and it's Mm -hmm. I don't know it's a nice way to like clock off from a busy day. It's great advice it is because you feel like you've as you said you've accomplished something you've achieved it a plus to me (laughs) but it's true and then you can get started on on doing your home home life stuff because you are married you've got your gorgeous dog. dog Little Winston. He's very cute. <laughs> so you do have, you're also managing, you know, your personal life as yeah. well because you're not living at home. You are completely independent. And so that also comes with washing and cleaning mm. and cooking. All the blah, fun blah, stuff. Blah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's it's so important to just remember, like my mum used to always say this quote, you can do anything but you can't do everything and that's true like I actually wrote down the other month I wrote down everything that I do for my work and then I was like what do I actually have to do could anything be done smarter and what things do I really not want to do going forward so you know I have my blog on both websites I have newsletters I have a quote newsletter I have Instagram posts for three accounts like do I need to post every day for all of them probably not do I need to send out a newsletter every week for educationary and self-love club Probably not. Do I want to post weekly on YouTube? Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so that sort of stuff. So prioritizing your time and basically saying what's a must, a must do and what's a maybe and what's a a never. Yeah. Even I will get to this in the next decade. (laughs) See you in 2030, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, where, where are you going to create the biggest positive impact and what is going to help build your business the most efficiently? That's what I ask myself when I think about adding more to my plate. 
because it, it does get hectic otherwise. And I just, I just really don't want to suffer from burnout anymore. And I feel like I hold myself to a much higher standard now. I think it's, it's normal, even if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, we still, we're human beings. We can get burnt out, but it's like, I know better now. I want to mm-hmm. try and prevent that as best as I can. Mm. Very smart advice. Because burnout, not wants to get nobody wants to get burnout. And mm. for myself, I had chronic fatigue, ended up getting diagnosed with it when I was in year 12 going into first year uni because I pushed myself way too much. And, you know, I've now lived with an autoimmune disease because of that, which I manage absolutely fine. But I'm constantly reminded of going, pace yourself, stay calm, cool, collected. It's all good. You know, be present, be grateful. And all those things do make a massive difference because you're able to put things into perspective and be satisfied and thankful for how far you've come, what you're achieving every day. So I think it's wonderful that you finish off with that activity at the end of every day because you feel accomplished because it's good to reward yourself, not just, you know, on those larger milestones, but also the everyday ones as well. So great advice. Thanks, Jess. Yay. Pleasure. This is Power Up Life, the podcast. This week, we asked you what one thing you can't live without. And here's what you had to say. I can't live without my planners. I am a very organized person, so I like to have my color-coordinated calendar as well as my weekly planner and to-do list to keep me feeling organized, energized and ready for the week and months ahead. One of the things I can't live without are my friends. The other is my phone. Although they say you don't need your phone. I have my entire life on there. Memories and many more things that stay close to me. I'm also very creative and use this device for other things that suit my hobbies and interests. Coffee, not just in the way that I absolutely love coffee at home, at a cafe or anything, but just in how it's an excuse, an opportunity to go out and meet up with people and just to, you know, get out of the house and go and sit on my laptop and do some work somewhere. And I just love the culture that it's created, especially down here in Melbourne. I actually don't think I could live without my phone. But the reason why I say that I can't actually live without it is because it's the way I connect with my family and my loved ones, like my partner, because they all live overseas. And I think this is becoming an increasing reality in our world that lots of us especially those of us who are immigrants in Australia, have families and connections and loved ones that are overseas that our relationships are really valued. I'm Carissa Shale and that's this week's Talk Topic. Got something to share? Drop us an email, yoursay at hapow.com. Want to power up life? Download your free Power Pack wallpapers at hapow.com. I would love to ask you what you're most grateful for, big and small, because I can imagine that you've had a lot of life lessons thrown at you since you started this journey. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you're most grateful for and why? Mm, wow. Okay. See, I usually, question. <laughs> I usually think about my gratitudes each morning. So they're really small and specific. And actually I was doing that in the car on the way here. I was like, what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful, <laughs> you know, that the moving for our, we're moving apartments tomorrow and like everything's packed in boxes already. So like, I'm grateful that that's all done. And I'm grateful I slept really well last night, but thinking about Chee-chee. what I'm Good I on do. you. Yeah. Because the weather's been a little so bit. Hot. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm charts. so grateful. Yeah. I didn't sleep as well. Good on you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, what am I most grateful for in life? Mm. Wow. Okay. I really haven't 
even something that potentially was very hard to handle, but mm. in hindsight, you're so grateful it happened because it's made you who you are today. Oh, yeah. It's like, honestly, if I look back on my life, everything that's happened, I believe, I, be, I honestly believe everything that happens, happens for a reason. Yes. Same with Claps. me. Yeah. And yeah. any time that there is adversity, it is there to teach you. It is there to help you untangle. It is there for, it, it acts as an invitation for you to go and do the work and look at yourself and say, where am I blocking the the best possible version of me from coming out? So, you know, what am I most grateful for? I mean, thinking about over the last year at least, I am so incredibly grateful to my mentors, my advisors, my psychologist, everyone that has helped me become the more centered, um, self-assured version of myself. You know, even one person that really inspired Self Love Club gift boxes, although I haven't met her in person, Marissa. (laughs) No, I I am grateful for our friendship, though. Absolutely. If you've ever heard of Marissa Pia, she is, I I think she's Britain's number one hypnotherapist. And I did her online course last year, and it was all about self love and compassion. And that Mm. was when I was going through, you know, they say, what we do is what we need the most. So I came out last year with a gift box business all around self-love and compassion. That's what I really needed the most. I had a really, a really tough 2020, uh, 2020, 2019. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can 2020 please be easier? Um, but I had a really tough 2019 and I'm so grateful that I have gotten through it. The lessons that it's taught me, I'm so grateful for my husband and I really taking stock of everything in our lives and working on ourselves separately and together and just going from strength to strength and just feeling really supported in all areas of my life. There's there's just a lot of people actually I'm grateful for. The people and the support that I've received in the last year, that's what comes to mind. That is absolutely beautiful. Loving this episode? Let us know. Leave us a review via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This challenge is something we're both going to participate in. We have some helium. We have to both consume thy helium. We have to then sing a song very famous by Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Oh, yes, Taylor. Taylor. We both have to sing a song by Taylor Swift called Shake It Off. The person who wins is a person that can sing the longest with their chipmunk helium voice without laughing. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to win because you can't control yourself, but I'm glad I'm that it's... you're a giggler. Yeah. You? yeah, but you're worse. You're Am definitely worse. worse. Yes, you're worse. worse. <laughs> I'm worse. Okay, I'm worse. Fine. I'm worse. Might as well just not even do the comp. It's going to leave. Anyway, never try this at home. Do not try this at home. We are in a very safe environment in a studio with loving people that look after us. Uh, this is something that is can be quite dangerous. <laughs> she tells me after I have said yes. It is. It's yeah. really dangerous. No, like Jimmy Fallon's done it heaps of times and he's still alive and he's really smart and has achieved a lot. So if he can inhale helium, go Jimmy, so can we. All right, you ready? Yes. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So we both have our Shake It Off lyrics, which we yeah. basically know the song, but this is just in case we struggle because we're trying not to laugh and whatnot. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I think we'll be all right. We'll I be all right. right. Yeah. Um, the second thing we need, which I'm going to add in, <laughs> is you, you need to pick an accompanying instrument of your choice. So these <gasps> are... Mine has bunnies on it. Yes. So this is something I had when I was growing up. It's a state-of-the-art tambourine for those who can't watch us because they're listening. Set it out of the tambourine <laughs> for five-year-olds. And there's also a fake maraca, 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 which looks like an egg. So these are your two options. Would you like to accompany yourself with a maraca or a tambourine? The one that I don't choose, is that what you get? Yeah. Okay. So basically um, you, you need to win. So you got to give me the one that's going to make me fail. You can have the tambourine. Okay. Well, <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. I'll take the little egg. <laughs> All right. So we've got the lyrics. We have our instruments because we like to be creative on the show. Now we need our helium. By the way, we have to sing at the same time, I reckon, to make it fair. Yeah? Yes. Am I allowed to do anything to try and make you laugh? Like nah. sabotage? Nah, I don't want you to sabotage. Damn. Okay. I mean, you're all about being kind to people. So oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be totally against your brand and you're authentic and stuff. Unless you are manipulative. No, I'm joking. Guilt, tri- <laughs> guilt tripping me much? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> okay. Hello? Oh! oh! I'm not laughing. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> okay, we haven't started singing. We haven't started singing yet. All Two right, seconds okay. in. Oh, wait, we've also got to have the tambourine. Oh, my gosh. Okay, ready? Good luck. Okay, good luck, good luck, good luck. Hang on. Okay, so maybe we inhale, then we touch our thing. And then we go for it. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. okay, ready? Three, two, one. Because the player's got to play, 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 play. And the player's got to hey, 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 hey. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it off! Shake it off! Shake it off! Shake it off! Heartbreaker's gonna break, 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 break. It's gonna break, 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 break. Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. And shake it off! Shake it off! Hey, hey, hey! Just like my hippie, get out about the lies and the daddy's daddy's You're gonna get down to this sick beat. people in studio, Ewan, oh. Carissa, Maria, who deserves the win? Oh, it's a tough call, but I'm going to say Jess. Sorry, Gianna. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you. Jess, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I think that right there just might be the one and only time you'll ever hear me inhale helium to sing a song. Just saying. It really does crack me up listening back to it. A fantastic memory, that's for sure. But in all seriousness, it's important to note that inhaling helium can be quite dangerous. And I know that you might be able to see it on things like Jimmy Fallon and the like, but it is important to take care of your health and to make sure you're doing the right thing. This was a bit of fun and I hope you got to enjoy it in this week's episode. The Hapao Squad and I hope 
hope you loved this chat with Jess Holzman and took some strategies or life lessons from it. As you can see, Jess is super humble and the content she's putting out there all the time really does empower hundreds of thousands of people, including myself and the whole team. To keep up to date with Jess, the easiest way is to simply follow her on Instagram and subscribe to her main YouTube channel or her other channels as well. All you need to do is search study with Jess. Loved this episode of Power Up Life? Why not leave a quick rating and review? By doing so, you're helping us reach even more people just like yourself. Don't forget to follow us on socials as well. Simply search Hapow AU to follow us and stay in the know. Want more Hapow? Well, I've got good news for you. Sign up to our free, yes, free life skills platform to get access to our on-demand expert-led video masterclasses called Life Lessons. You can also find them on there, quizzes, blogs, and more. Simply visit hapow.com. This episode of Power Up Life was produced by me, Gianna Lucas, Maria Dukadinovska, and Carissa Shale for the Hapow Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Power Up Life, a Hapow podcast. If you loved this episode, be a legend and leave us a quick rating and review on your fave podcast app. Dive into the show notes for all episodes on our website, hapow.com forward slash podcast. Catch you next time and remember to power up life.